Dr. Nina and I'm feeling good, feeling refreshed. I hope you all are feeling the same. And you know, season two has been absolutely fun for me over on Now That's Life. I feel like I'm really getting the hang of this podcasting thing and I'm really enjoying the time that I'm getting to spend with others. And today is no different. So today on Now That's Life, my guest who is also my beautiful sorority sister of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority in Incorporated, of course, will be having a very deep talk with me on the ups and the downs of growth, changing and developing in life. She also talks deeply about this from the perspective of going from single to a relationship and now to a marriage and how this has changed her life and what she has learned from the journey. I feel like a lot of times we get lost in that and we don't always hear a lot about what those changes look like. A lot of people just aspire to without knowing what they're stepping into. And today we get great insight. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey, a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana. I'm a nationally certified school psychologist, a licensed specialist in school psychology, an associate and tenure professor and clinic director, a certified professional life coach, and this is Now That's Life. Now, y'all know I forever want to thank you for all the love that you send my way, and it's been extra extra lovey-dovey over there on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you for retweeting, reposting these episodes as well as my videos and other content. I really do put my heart and soul into what I bring you guys and I really like to hear from you. I love for you to send me your messages, send me your, your information, your content ideas, the things you would like for me to do and see more of. And if you see that an episode is really hitting hard for other people, people, please join in the conversation. We also have a small private group over on Facebook called the Dr. Nina's Mendership Group. That group is an absolutely free group where we come together and support one another in our endeavors and what we plan to do and how we're going to do them. And we hold each other accountable because that's what it's all about. So I want to continue to hear from you. DM me, post, tag me, do all of that because I'm going to repost you. And I'm so happy to be connected as a family and also for you all to be a part of my journey. So now we're going to get into this episode. Y'all, today's guest is not only a phenomenal and amazing woman, but she's also a close friend of mine. And I want to introduce to you all Berg. But her name is Burgundy Kinlaw, the one and only, and she's a business development professional with proven expertise in client solution-focused consulting. For the past 10 years, she has worked to strengthen the brands of companies through the creation of national partnerships with C-level clients in order to address their learning and development needs. She is currently the Global Partnerships Manager at Women Who Code, where she works to develop mutually beneficial partnerships with companies companies that want to implement better gender parity policies and support female employees in being and becoming leaders in their organization. This advances the mission of Women Who Code by securing valuable backing for their work to inspire women to excel in technology careers. Burgundy believes in giving back and is an active volunteer in the community. She is a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, New Leaders Council, 
a United Way VIP program graduate, and she serves as a board member for Brown Girl Tech World. And I said it, she's my soror, all right? Burgundy was born in Chicago, Illinois, and earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in corporate communications from Northern Illinois University. She holds a master's degree in business administration from Keller Graduate School of Management. She now resides outside Atlanta, Georgia, with her husband, Rodney, and her dog, Buddy. Both are amazing. <laughs> so I'm excited to bring to you this episode because I feel that you all will find it very valuable, full of knowledge, full of information and wisdom. So let's get into it. Well, hello, everyone. I am, again, like I said, super excited to have these amazing guests that I'm having in season two. And I feel so blessed yet again to have another wonderful person who is a part of my life, who I consider one of my closest friends that I feel like I could tell anything to. So it was a no brainer with thinking about uh, bringing her on to this segment more specifically because I have watched her blossom and grow and move along in all of her relationships, her work life, all of that. And so I really wanted to share that with you all. And so we are so happy to welcome you, Berg. And y'all can hear me calling her Berg because that's what I call her now. <laughs> Uh, and I know we have already really introduced you, but I know it's great to be able to introduce yourself. So I want to make sure you have the floor to let the audience know who you are and, and anything you would like them to know about you before we get started today. Thank you, Nina. And it is a pleasure to be on your podcast. As you know, I'm a fan of yours and a friend, um, but I'm just happy to be on here to talk to you. Um, I am a business development professional, like you mentioned before. I am one of your closest friends. Um, I'm just a fun-loving person that just loves to put good energy out into the world, both professionally and personally. Yes, you do. Even right now, you just got me hyping live. Let me get about my game and get a little closer to the microphone, okay? Uh, but yes, you all, I am I am so excited for you all to get to know Berg. And thank you so much for taking of your time. I know you have a lot going on in life that is just wonderful, but I am appreciative of your time uh, to to do this today. No problem, girl. You know, I do this. I mean, we talk all the time anyway on voice notes. So this is no different than our normal conversations. See, see, I be telling the people that thank you for, for telling the people what we be doing <laughs> for real. Yeah. So what I wanted to say is, Burke, you know why we're here today. We are talking about from single to relationship to marriage mm -hmm. and then surprises and changes in the growth process for the modern day professional. And let me tell you real quick, Berg, why I wanted to talk about this before we get into your first questions is that I feel like so many times we hear, first off, that we cannot have it all. And, and we know that's, that's what's always said. And when I say mm -hmm. can't have it all, there's no way for a, a career professional uh, woman specifically, and let's take it further, black woman. I know I have all kinds, all races, all backgrounds that listen in, and we all have our own struggles, but I know we're both black women. And so I know that that's something that sometimes is instilled in us, even whether people realize it or not, um, uh -huh. that you're going to have to sacrifice one. 
You know, that's really what's going to have to happen. And not only that, there's a natural shift that occurs from being a single woman to a relationship into a marriage while being a professional. So I wanted to ask first, my first, my first question to you is, could you give us a little background on yourself as how you viewed yourself as a single woman? That's a good question. Um, So I was never the woman that dreamed of being married or having children. You know what I mean? It was, it was, if it happened, it happened. It was, that would be great. But I was all about getting money, making sure I was straight professionally, making sure that I had everything that I wanted to make sure that I was good. My mother always raised me to be very independent. She was all about independent. So I was just kind of living my life as a single woman, traveling, traveling for work. Um, and I dated, I had fun, but I never was too serious when it came to dating. So as a single woman, the way that I viewed myself is someone who was very career focused. That was my thing. It was never, you know, graduate from college, find a husband, build a family. It was graduate from college, make money, travel, have fun. And that's what I did. So that's how I viewed myself as a single woman is, you know, dating was last for me. Yes. And I feel like that's another reason why you and I connected. Um, I, I, I think (laughs) when I met you, I sensed that and I sensed that that was something that I possessed, uh, similarly. And not only that, I I felt that it was great because you were unapologetic in that. Mm. And, um, So many of us are apologetic about our desire to want to do more for and with ourselves. And like you said, having fun is great. And I think at one time I would try to act like the hopeless romantic that wanted all those things. But then when I would get close to it, I'd be like, oh, no, you know, this it ain't the time. Like now now is not the time. So I can totally relate. And I also feel like and I think this is something that we can say that we share in common. We were a little different in this too, because we're both adopted. We were adopted um, kids. And and can you talk a little bit more about how that fit into your single journey? Man, that's a good question. if it did at all, if it did at all. I don't know if being adopted fit into my single journey. Um, Yeah, I don't think it did. I mean, but yes, I am adopted. I was adopted at six months. Um, my mother, she dealt with infertility and she decided that she didn't want to go through, you know, all the treatments that women go through. Um, infertility is a a big struggle, but my mom decided she didn't, that wasn't her choice. She wanted to adopt. And so I was adopted at six months and my mother comes from a really large family, 13 brothers and sisters. And, um, my grandfather was a sharecropper. And so a lot of my aunts got married right after they, you know, were, were 18 when they graduated from high school. But my mother is the first one to go to college, to pledge a sorority. And so for me, she was like, no, I want you to do something similar. I don't want you to rely on a man. Not that, you know, just because you get married after high school or college doesn't mean you're relying on a man. But my mother wanted me to be very independent. So I don't know if... I don't know why she had that mindset, but I think that was why my mindset was the way it was when I wanted to just grind after college. And I didn't want to get married because my mom was like, take care of yourself, live your life, and then consider getting in a relationship later. But I don't think adoption, so to speak, you know, affected the way that I dated or, you know, they helped me with my decision on being single. Hmm. Well, that's excellent. I, I love that. I, um, And we've talked about this, so it it was something I wanted to bring up because I feel like that's something that 
I have faced as a question. So I love that your mother really instilled that in you. And and that was much like my mother. My mother didn't ever want me to be in a position where I had to depend on someone. She had been married, divorced, all of that. Um, and, and wanted me to have the things that she didn't necessarily have at a younger age. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. I don't think that it directly affected it. But I will say as a single woman, maybe I was a little quicker than others as an adopted person. I don't know if this fit in, <laughs> but I think it did. To cut people off. Like I, I would be done if I felt that you were hindering my gains. It might have took a little while, but you was going to be gone. You know, um, I mean, it's 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 interesting you bring that up because now that I think about it, I think that when I was single and dating, well, I mean, I was always dating, but when I was single and dating, um, t- similar to your point, I didn't have time for BS. Like I was okay with someone leaving. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying to hold on. Now there were a few relationships that I tried to hold on to, but I think because I was I dealt with rejection early on, or I dealt with, or dealt, yeah, dealt with my mom not being there for me. If you left, I was good. Like, I'm okay. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've grown up not knowing my mother. So if you aren't a part of my life, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I didn't have that attachment. I didn't need that attachment. So now that you bring it up, yes, it did, um, affect the way I dated because it affected the way I got rid of people. I was like, deuces, bye. See Ooh. you later. And I see, and that's, I can say that that's what's unique here about our friendship is that I think that's something that I've always heard and learned from you, uh, from your dating history. And I I think that's where I made that connection about adoption Mm -hmm. with it. And even if people aren't adopted, how would you say they could adopt or start to pull some of those more positive qualities in that into their dating experience? As far as just letting people go when it's time to let them go? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. I think it has to do a lot with self-love. Um, and I've I've had to work on self-love as well. It's not something that I'm telling people, you know, you need to work on it because I didn't. But I worked on self-love a lot. And I think that when you know your value, you know what you will and won't deal with. Um, I'm now married to a wonderful man. And I think I, I believe I met him because I spent a lot of time working on myself. But I think if you want to cut somebody out of your life, You have to know your worth. You have to know what you're willing to deal with. You have to create energy and space around yourself. Um, It's important to do that. And one thing you also have to do is look at the people you have around you and don't point fingers at them if they're not doing well or you're dating a guy that's not, uh, I don't know if I can curse on here, but it's not worth your time. But you, you, you need to take ownership in that and say, why am I attracting these people? What do I need to do to work on myself that I keep attracting these men and these type of friends in my life? Um, and I think when you do that within yourself, it will help you understand, okay, I don't need to have this energy around me because it's affecting the way I move and the way I treat people. Ooh, see, that's... You, I wish you could hear me snapping right now. Um, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely right. You have to check your relationships. And I think that's exactly uh, the point I was getting to is that because of some of your experiences, it'll teach you to reflect on your current experiences mm-hmm. so that you learn for the future. If you continue to be in ancient 
met relationships. I, I bleep that out. We can curse over here. We all right. We grown. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> if you continue to find yourself in that, it, it's a time where you have to reflect on yourself in order yeah. to be even a better single person, but also being okay with that, you know, because a lot yeah. of people that get into relationships, which is where we're headed next, they're never happy alone. They're never happy just in the dating zone. They're never happy just having solitude. And so they find themselves in relationships with people that are lackluster, that are not, you know, on their level. And and when I say that, I say that in the kindest of ways, but we be knowing when people are not quite right. But then we also have to search ourselves when we continue to run to those relationships, because what is going on with us that we continue to look for that? Well, something that's been coming up a lot lately for me is the quote, water seeks its own level. I was listening to T.D. Jakes last week and he mentioned that water seeks its own level. And that's true in life. You know what I mean? If you're around people or in a relationship where you don't like it, you don't like the way the person is for whatever reason, you have to look at yourself. Don't point the finger at them. You know, look at the other fingers that are pointed at you. Because at the end of the day, water ultimately seeks its own level. And that's how it is in life, friendships, relationships, whatever. Mm, See, I love it. I love it. And so question, Berg, before we move on into relationship to marriage, mm-hmm. um, if you had not, which I knew that God was going to bless you with the man that you should have, but if that had not Thank happened you. to you, would you have been willing to go at it alone if you didn't have that quality of a man? Because I think some people need to hear this. So when I met Rodney, um, that's my husband's name. You know that already, Nina, because you were in our wedding. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> when I met him, when I met him, I was done. Like I was just at the point where I was like, I'm tired of dating. I'm just going to focus on me. You know, I was losing a lot of weight, you know, to get in shape and stuff. And I was looking good and feeling good. But I was at the point where dating, if it ha- if I met my husband, it would be great. But my focus was really on me. So I think if I wouldn't have met him, I would have maybe traveled, moved to another city, um, but continued to spend time on me because I started to like the way that felt. Um, prior to ha- prior to making that decision, I was dating a lot. I was focused on because there was a time. Um, in my life, in my single life, where I was like, you know what? I'm traveling a lot. I'm making a lot of money. I'm making six figures. I really want to meet somebody. And so I, I was like dating these different guys. And they were bad. Like my dates were terrible. It was just, girl, it was just a nightmare. I remember some of them stories. Yeah. And that's because my focus was on, I have to find them. I have to find them. I have to find them. And then I kept meeting these bad men that were not good for me. They were treating me bad. It was just terrible. And then I got to a point where, you know, I'm just going to focus on me. And when I started doing that, things just started happening. God just started making things shift in my life. And him and I got together. We knew each other prior to our first date for months. But when I started to focus on myself, things just started shifting. So I say that was a long answer to ultimately say I would have spent time with myself. I would have continued to spend time with myself and traveled and, you know, just made sure that I was good in a and, and, and have taken care of myself as far as like a lot of self-care because that felt good for me. And I was enjoying the way my life was was working out by doing that. Oh, I absolutely love that. So it seems like the single Berg, the the theme or the thing that you're even stating that some should should get into is focus. 
Mm-hmm. Focus on you and your life and what is bettering you. And water seeks its own level. So if you are focused on those things that bring you up to level, then hopefully you will attract that level without having to unnaturally push for that. Is yeah, that what and, I'm hearing? Yeah. And surround yourself with good people. Um, surround yourself with good friends. I had a therapist. Um, her name is Shanika McCarthy. She helped me um, along the way with my journey. And it was just, it was helpful with me seeing the importance of who I was and being okay with um, taking care of myself. And then I had good friends around me like you, Nina, um, that weren't encouraging marriage. You know, some people are like, girl, you got to get married. When you get married, you 30 some years old and you ain't got kids. And it's like, sometimes that will weigh on you. And you like, maybe it is time, but having friends around you, it's like, it's okay. If you focusing on your career right now, it's okay. If you want to spend time by yourself right now, it's okay. You can have babies at 40. It's, it's good to have those type of influences around you to reassure you that girl, the decisions you're making are your decisions and it is okay. Hey, how you doing? I got a question for you. Do you want real change? I'm talking about we gonna stop ending our years the same way we began them. Well, I got something for you. It's the Dr. Nina's Mentorship Membership, a community with actionable steps and tips designed by yours truly. I'm a licensed clinical and school psychologist, a licensed specialist in school psychology, a nationally certified school psychologist, as well as an associate and tenure professor and clinic director in the states of Texas and Louisiana. Some of you all may know me as Beautiful Brown Baby Doll from YouTube, where I have a wonderful community of over 1 million loyal supporters, where we talk about ways to improve our lifestyle from fitness, weight loss, skincare, hair care, what to eat, how to change our lives, our growth, our education, all of it. But this is a deeper dive than that. This is research-based tips for improvements in mental toughness. The very same tips that I share with my clients, my students, and even some of my fellow colleagues in ways to improve their lives, achieve goals, and also maintain the results. There's a full portal of action tips by way of video, including such courses as my fail method, fall and immediately learn, or the sky is not your limit, 10 solid ways to change your life now. Now I know you're ready for that transformation and that real change. Head to drninaellisherbycom forward slash membership and use code now that's life at checkout and get 10% off your first month. You can also find the link in the show notes. This is not therapy, but it does offer you supplemental information and coaching from a licensed psychologist. We'll be waiting for you. Berg, hallelujah. And thank you for saying I'm a good friend. That makes me feel so good on this. You good day. are. Uh, <laughs> and you know what I also realized is that a lot of people that push that, and I've said this on my YouTube channel before and dating talks and things like that. A lot of people that push like that, you find out secretly they're unhappy mm. in their own life. Um And I think I started to realize that when I had a lot of people that only focused on that part of my life, they could never allow me to be happy in the stage that I was in. You know, thank God I'm with a great young man now and I do see it heading to marriage. But I, 
you know, even before that, I found that, you know, I was breaking earth shattering ground and doing all of these great things. Yeah. And some people still could only be like, yeah, but you ain't married though. <laughs> it's it's projecting. I'm- it's projecting. Like people have insecurities and when they see that you're doing great things, they're like, okay, you doing good, but you don't have no husband yet, but you don't have no kids yet. Like, I don't want that yet. You know, like that's not, my focus is something else. And maybe I shouldn't be around you if you're projecting your insecurities on me. So it's it's important to have the right people around you because who wants to hear that? Like, why are you focused on the things I don't have? Focus on the things that I do have and the people that I'm helping in my life and the great things that I'm doing and the moves I'm making. But why are you bringing that up? Yeah, because it seems like an ulterior motive. Mm. And with that said, Berg, how was it that you transcended from that single life to relationship? And and I'm speaking to, to the relationship because you talked about the ones that didn't necessarily work out. But I know, Ron, he's amazing. I know I love how he loves you. So what do you think was the shifting gear and the biggest change for you moving into that relationship? So I think for me, it was patience. I think because patience and protection, honestly, I think um, because I was okay with myself and I had made the decision up in my mind that I was just going to do me and take care of me and focus on self-care when I met him. I wasn't in a rush. I wasn't like trying to meet this deadline. When I was dating those guys that were bad and not treating me the best, I was trying to meet a deadline. I was trying to do it for Mm. other people. Um, But with him, when we met, um, we were in our 30s, early 30s, but we both were very chill. We both were very patient. Um, He was doing really well in his career. I was doing well in mine. At the time, he lived in Savannah, Georgia, and I lived in Atlanta, Georgia. So we did a lot of long distance where our relationship was long distance for about a year and a half. So we were on the phone a lot. Um, so I really got to know him without like intimacy or anything, you know, that may happen quickly, but we really were able to just get to know each other and be patient with the process. Um, and I think that helped me transition into really getting to know him better. Um, having Mm -hmm. more conversations about life and he was also secure with who he was. Like he didn't need mm. me for nothing. I didn't need him for nothing, but we had a great friendship and we were able to build that. Um, and I think, you know, the long distance thing really helps with us building that. Yes. And Berg, it's so funny. I always feel like your life mirrors a lot of the great people in your life. And so it's funny because when I would see you two together and the way you flourished and uh, the the life even before the marriage. And I say the marriage because a lot of people like to reference the wedding. Mm. And I think you have to reference the marriage. I've seen how you all uh, love each other and work together and do all of that. And it was always just such a motivation to me. And it's so interesting that the relationship that I was in or was found by, I like to say he found me, right? (laughs) Um, Was long distance for almost, you know, for a year, over a year and a half. Um, And we're just now living in the same (laughs) city. Um, I think when people say, I'm sorry, Nina, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. I was good on that point. I was going to say, I was going to say, I didn't mention, I didn't talk about protection, but with Ron, I didn't tell a lot of people that I was dating him and he didn't tell a lot of people that he was dating me. 
um, because we both didn't want or need opinions. Because when you tell people, oh, I'm in a long distance relationship. Why are you doing that? Like, are you sure that's going to work? You know, what does he do? And then people have opinions and that kind of skews the way you view that person. Sometimes it it will affect your relationship. So we both protected our relationship. Um, and we didn't tell a lot of people, but to your point, um, it's just important to, to be, to be mindful of, of how you protect your relationship. And also, um, I forgot what I was going to say, but it's important to protect your relationship because a lot of people do have opinions. Ooh, they do. Oh my Lord. So you're, you're giving us these nuggets. So the biggest thing, it seems like from the move from, or the shift from being single to being in a, a strong, healthy and committed relationship was patience, time and privacy. Mm-hmm. Privacy. And privacy. That was very and if important you do us. talk to people, because Berg, here's the thing. One thing that I love about you that also sparked my interest in researching relationships. You were one of the first friends other than like Stella um, that really told me the importance of talking to people who can quote unquote help you not sharing and spewing your issues or difficulties or what's going on in your relationship with everyone, but with those who care about you and, and want your well, your, your well-being uh, or have your well-being at heart, but also those that have been there and have lived a life that you really not want for yourself, but you want some of those components to be infused in your Mm -hmm. life. And so you believe heavily in mentorship. So Mm -hmm. what kind of people can you talk to when you are progressing from that single to relationship? Man, um, I think the people that helped me the most um, were people that were where I wanted to be. Um, People that were in healthy relationships. And you definitely want to make sure those people are truly in healthy relationships. I did confide in people that I thought were in healthy relationships and they weren't and their advice wasn't always the best. Um, So you have to be mindful of that because just because people are married or have been in a relationship for a long time doesn't mean their relationship was absolutely healthy. Um, So I leaned on um, my parents, my mom and dad a lot. They've been married for 42 years. Um, Rodney has an auntie and uncle that are our mentors. We value them. Um, They dated for a while and and got married, but they were where we wanted to be. Um, I'm very close with with his aunt. And then also I have some friends and family members members that are divorced that helped me as well that gave me advice based on what didn't work well for them they were very transparent about marriage and relationships but again these were people that I consider to be a part of my village it's a small group of people um, that help us along the way but I think it's important to talk to people that are where you want to be and people that are where you are um, because they can help you better than anybody else and then people are always like don't get advice from single people. Don't get advice from single people. I don't necessarily believe that. I have some friends in my life that are single that have given me not marital advice, but just advice about love, um, things that they've learned, mistakes that they've made um, that has helped me. Now, I don't go to them about very personal things that are going on in my marriage, but I do value their opinion. 
Oh, see, and you make that point very clear. And y'all hear it. Y'all hear it here. You have to have a tribe of people that you can pull or talk to in different situations. Mm -hmm. And your tribe won't always look the same, but the end result is the same. They want you. They have your best interests at heart and you have theirs at heart. So it makes it simple for the relationship to flourish. And it also keeps blessings around your relationship, right? Yeah, because they does. want the best for you. It does. Because honestly, Nina, there was a point in our relationship where you were single for a period of time. And I still would talk to you. I still would get advice from you. I would talk, you know, we would talk about stuff. You're grown. You're my age. You've dated people before. You know, I just didn't count you out because you were single and say, oh, you're single. I can't talk to you. No, you're my girl. Um, and you have great advice. So I think that's important for people to hear because when I when I got in a relationship, all I heard was talk to married people, talk to married people. To be honest with you, some of those married people gave me the bad bad advice, not the best Ooh, advice about relationship. So you have to really hallelujah. analyze those people to make sure is this the person I want to get advice from about what me and my man have going on? Is this the type of relationship that I want? Is are they a reflection of where we want to be? I mean, Rodney and I don't have, I know people are always like, oh, relationship goals, Sierra, Russell Wilson, you know, other couples and they, they're cute and they have a, they seem to have a great relationship, but we're our own goals. We have our own goals of what we want to be as Rodney and Burgundy. Um, and I think that's important to, to keep that in mind is don't try to have a relationship like somebody else. Try to have the best relationship you can have and find people that can support you in that. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for that. And I that that leads me to this. What would you say from all of that, all the nuggets of information, all of the great things you've learned about yourself, about uh, relationships, about people, about your now husband? How did that move you into marriage? And what is the biggest change? And before you answer, the reason why I ask this is because I feel like a lot of people spew this message that there's no difference in getting married. Like, oh, if you was in a good relationship, you know, that's fine. You don't have to have a piece of paper to, you know, <laughs> justify what the relationship is. And I don't shame anybody for what they want, but I think that there's a lot of people who preach that who didn't actually want that. that and that's just my humble opinion. Um, so yeah. what would you say would be the biggest change or shift for you when it came from relationship up to marriage. So we have been blessed. And when we met, I mean, life was good for both of us. We were being promoted every six months. We were making good money. Life was just good. I mean, we were able to pay for our wedding, you know, with no problem, no loans. We were just in a place of bliss. Like our relationship, we didn't have any issues, no infidelity, nothing. Smooth selling. So it was like, oh, this is great. We got engaged. That was great. Everything worked out. And the minute we said those vows, girl, the minute God did something in heaven, I mean, it's a covenant, you know, uh, we, we made a covenant with God and God did something to, I always say God was like, all right, y'all ready? Y'all ready to test these vows out? Um, and we just dealt with a lot of shifts in our life that made us come together closer to make us work harder together, to be a hundred percent transparent about that. Like we dealt with job loss. Um, I was making really good money traveling every other week. And I think it was three weeks after our honeymoon, I got laid off. <laughs> we had just bought a house. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, oh my God, I just lost my job. 
Then after I lost my job, I needed to have surgery. Then after after I had surgery, we had, you know, pregnancy loss. So it was just stuff on top of stuff on top of stuff in our relationship that we did not expect to deal with. So people are like, oh, if, you know, we were in a relationship and things are going great, you know, we won't have to deal with anything when we get married. No, you just made a promise to God. And I believe that the devil attacks that that um, covenant, that, that promise you made and tries to attack you in your marriage. And you have to bond together closer. You have different conversations. Um, you learn different things about each other. It, it really... I don't think that it's the same. I think it changes. Um, and we've been able to go through all of that together and it's helped us be stronger. It's helped us get a lot closer, closer than we've ever imagined being. Um, and just, I just trust him on a different level. I've always trusted Ron, but like I trust him with my life and I did before, but it's at a different level now seeing him in a hospital with me, seeing him when we go through stuff together. Um, just, I feel like God was, testing us to say, okay, you ready? Let's go. And I know people are like, well, why was it God testing you? Sometimes God just wants to see, okay, you know, y'all said y'all was ready. Let's go. You know, let's go. This is is a bigger, a bigger thing. It doesn't always have to be the devil. I believe that. I think sometimes God does things to make you stronger, to make you more resilient. And we're, I think we're definitely more resilient than we were the day we said I do. And we're a stronger force together. Like that's my ride and so die. Like we we go at it. We go at it together. We go at life together. We're really doing life together. I absolutely love that. And I think what you pull out here is that so many people, like you said, they have those relationship goals and they want this and they want that. And, you know, they think that if it, you know, if it's starting off just great, it's just always going to be great. But I've always understood this about relationships overall. Like you said, um, you've trusted me as a friend who has good advice. And that's because I think too, I understand that relationships have natural progressions. Mm -hmm. It's not the times that are good that define the relationships. Mm. It's the times that get hard. And how do you weather that? And how do you deal with that? And how do you argue? How do you fuss? (laughs) How do you fight? (laughs) How do you uh, laugh? How do you cry when something happens? How do you grieve together? How do you support one another through a hard time? And it is amazing that I think so many people idolize relationships so much that they look forward to the wedding and not the marriage. Like you said, when y'all went home to a marriage, Mm. things came up and so many people don't consider building the relationship. Y'all had patience, y'all had diligence, y'all had love for one another. There was a natural progression that I think was essential for you to make it through all of those things very well. Um, you have to make and not sure enough people have, do that. Yeah, and you have to make sure you have the right team player with you. You know, it's it's I hate to describe it like this, but when you pick a mate, a partner, you want to make sure is this um the right partner that that's going to help me. That's going to just help me be a better person, a better individual, help me through life and vice versa. I was listening to um, Michelle Obama's podcast and she worded it in a way of you want to make sure you have the Michael Jordan, the LeBron James in your eyes that's going to be ready to go through life with you so that you all can win together. Um, And I think that's important. And I think that a lot of women sometimes look at somebody that could be LeBron James and be like, I could help him get to be LeBron, you know, to make it to be 
LeBron James and they don't end up that way. And it, there's a lot of trouble there. Um, but everybody has their vision of what that person could be like, what their partner could be like. But you need to date someone that would be best for you to help you be your best self so that you can level up um, as a couple, as as an individual. Um so yeah, it's definitely ups and downs. And I don't want people to think, oh, when I get married, there'll be a lot of problems. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is that that problems will come. And instead of dealing with problems by yourself, you will have to deal with problems with your partner. If I got laid off, it'd just be me worrying about, if I got laid off as a single person, it would be just me being laid off as a single person. But now Rodney has to worry about that. And now I'm worried about that. And now we have a house together. So it's just things like that that come up. Um, some people get married and things are great for the first three years and they have no issues, but you never know when that storm is going to come and you need your LeBron James to help you go through that storm. Mm, so true. So true. Oh, Lord, you have given us a lot of amazing nuggets today. And we're definitely going to have you back on, Berg, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of questions after this um, and a lot of things for people to ponder, especially in that natural progression. And you've talked about it from all angles. You've been the woman who was raised to be independent. You're a career minded woman. Um, you also not only that are a wife and you have balanced that so eloquently and I also saw the stages or a lot of the part of the stages of your dating relationship and how that was and, and, and the things that you thought about early, which had me and my thoughts too. You know, what do I need to be thinking about? Because mm -hmm. to become a wife, you do have to have a certain mindset. You know, you have to think about things a little bit differently in terms of also yourself, but also prize and cherish yourself. So I thank you for that message. And with that said, Bird, we've learned all these wonderful things about you. We've learned uh, the things that you've done, the traveling, the life, the work, the the wifehood, all of that. Um, and we appreciate those shares. But I want to also ask you, you know, because I feel like everybody I have on this show, they embody the word dope, which for me stands for destined to obtain prosperity in everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want to know, how is it that you see yourself as dope and what do you give to the world? Oh, Nina, that is such a good question. Um, and we, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's hard for, for women or people to talk about themselves, but, um, thank you for creating this space for us to do so. But I think that what makes me dope is I'm a light. I, I think I am a bright light. And I know people say that a lot, but I truly believe that I am. I am a connector. I'm a people person. Um, and I can connect people and connect situations with people or opportunities with people. But one thing that my mom said to me when she adopted me is that when she saw me, I stood out uh, more than the other children that were at the foster care with me. And she knew that I was her child. And I think that things have come to me because I have been a light um, just in my life and other people's life. And that has helped me along the way, professionally, personally with my husband. Um, and I value being a light and I take real, I take pride in that. Um, and I think that is ultimately what makes me a dope woman. Oh, I love that. And I can attest to that. You really are a light. And you um, always say, when I say, Berg, well, you know, I was so motivated by you that I did this. And you always like, what? You motivated? Like, it's just a natural <laughs> A natural ability that you have that 
is so genuine um, and because you're so steadfast in what you do and what you want. I've watched you, you know, say you wanted a certain position and get just that. I've watched mm-hmm. you say you wanted a certain or desire in life and I've watched you get just that no matter how tough it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so motivating. And I think that you are such a natural networker that it is you know, it's just a blessing to see that. And it's a blessing to uh, be motivated by because I haven't always been so inclined to network, but I've learned <laughs> to really harness my, my people skills that I do have because I like to you call myself a great networker, a, you know, but I, you know, I kind of call myself a uh, introvert, extroverted introvert. Like I kind of <laughs> just have a lot, you know, I like my little long time and I sometimes a little longer than others, but I think that you have pushed me. You've challenged me without knowing that, you know, sometimes it's time to put that away and get out in the world and figure out what you can do and how you can handle it and also be your own cheerleader. So I appreciate you for that. And I also want to say thank you so much for taking up your time and being here with us today. No problem. I really enjoy talking to you, Nina. And thank you for creating this space. Um, And I enjoy having these conversations. So I look forward to talking about marriage relationships um, even more. I mean, I've only been married for two years, but as our marriage progresses, I'm sure I'll have more and more insight on (laughs) what marriage is like. Well, we appreciate that. And before we go, is there anywhere that everyone can find you or follow you or, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with that you'd like to share with the audience? Sure. Um, I am on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not on any social media like Facebook or um, Instagram, but I use LinkedIn a lot um, for business and personal. So if you want to find me there, you're more than welcome to. My name is Burgundy Kinlaw. I'm sure Nina may have it spelled out in the description of this podcast. Um, and if you also are interested in, interested in technology, I'm also on Women Who Code's website um, under about. I am one of the senior managers at Women Who Code. So you can always find me there and you can reach out to me um, via their website as well. Amazing. So y'all heard it. You know how to find her and I will highlight those things down in the show notes. And once again, thank you so much, Berg, for taking up your time to be here with us. And we can't wait to see you or hear from you or hear or have you back. I shouldn't even say hear from you because I'm here from you. But have you back um, in the future. Oh, thanks, Nina. I love you. you, girl. Love you too. Y'all, that's it for today's episode. And I want you to stay tuned for more and subscribe to know when I post my next episode and sign up for my free e-newsletter at drninaellishervey.com. And you'll also receive my free eight-day supernatural video course, which is such a doggone amazing free program that you need to get into right now. You come into the end of the year. We want to enter that year strong. 2020 ain't all lost. 2021 going to be the boss. Okay, so I want y'all to get on in there and try that out. Not only that, go back and listen to some of my older episodes of the podcast. Watch some of my videos over on YouTube and visit me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. You guys, please take care of yourself and be safe out here. Love you much. Dr. Nina signing out. Peace.